T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, just a heads up. There's a brief moment of profanity in this story. It'll come from a New Orleans woman who suffered trauma during her training for the military. I'm Jessica Edwards. I am originally from the West Bank. I joined the Army at 17. I'm an MST survivor. MST stands for Military Sexual Trauma. Jessica says the MST that was forced on her happened in 2000. It took everything from me. It made me feel like a shell of a person, and it brought a lot of shame to me personally, and I did not talk about it with anyone. There was a lot of guilt involved. Later on throughout my life, as I tried to have meaningful relationships with intimate partners, they just failed. And I couldn't understand why. I just kept going through the cycle of ending up with people who did not deserve to be with me. And I, I thought that there was something wrong with me until I realized that people don't steal things that are not valuable. And that's what rape is. It means somebody taking something instead of having to work for it. So the men that did that to me that was more about them and less about me. And it took a really long time for me to realize that someone stole something from me because I was valuable. The MST also cut short Jessica's plans with the Army. Between that and a physical inju injury that I sustained to my hip, my career was over before it ever got started. And for a really long time, I felt a lot of guilt because I was not able to continue on with my military service because that's what I wanted. And I felt a lot of guilt because I was unable to, to go overseas and fight. That's what I wanted to do. In the aftermath, Jessica felt lost. She tried to get help through the Department of Veterans Affairs, but Jessica says the VA kept saying no. And each time I got denied, that was one more suicide attempt or one more one more hospital, hospitalization, you know, just trying to get the help that I needed. Even when she did get assistance, there was more pain ahead. Eventually I did reach out for help at the VA and I was fortunate. I got a really good therapist and I saw her for 15 years and that allowed me to continue on. But I could not maintain a job, you know, I could not take orders from men. And that ended up looking like having my hands in rich people's toilets and cleaning their bathrooms and their houses because I couldn't sleep or keep a nine to five job. I eventually miscarried in that person's toilet and got fired for it. And that, that crushed me. It, it was just one trauma after another after another. 
and I had two young girls to take care of by myself. Accounts like Jessica's are not the soldier stories we often hear. They don't make television like the ceremonies that honor battlefield bravery and sacrifice. Some wounds aren't that visible. It was loneliness and isolation, you know. I um, got divorced, you know, early before, right before I got out the military. When I came home, you know, she hadn't left me. And um, I came home to an empty house. I have a son, but my son's in his 20s now. But I had a son, he was um, still a little kid. You know, and, and I, didn't, I didn't know where to go from that. That's Joe Hargrove. Before his military retirement in 2007, he spent 22 years with the Army. There were multiple deployments, including to Iraq. I did uh, chemical operations the whole time. Basically, I was that guy, as they say, were looking for, quote, unquote, those weapons of mass destruction. Joe told me his upbringing in New Orleans, in a way, prepared him for some of the things he witnessed during wartime. You know, I knew it was intense, and I've seen people die, and I've seen bodies and stuff like that. But growing up where I did, too, in some of the areas, I've seen some of those things, too. Joe remembers a deadly scene during a tour of duty in Iraq. He says some of the more seasoned soldiers reacted in a specific way for the sake of the younger ones. We had an incident. Our um, weight room, we had a like, weight room and they had a tent. It got hit by a mortar and we had a lady. She was actually from here, from the Ninth Ward. And um, she, she died. The way it exploded, it peeled her scalp back. And here it is, we're out there doing CPR. And on, we, we knew she was dead, but we didn't want those young soldiers to see that she died right then and there. Joe's tone is very matter-of-fact as he described that time but he admits the cumulative effect of going through multiple deployments and then trying to transition to what we'd call a normal life took its toll. How does Joe come out on the other end of that? Well, um, like most of the people here, I I do suffer with PTSD. Um, I've had um, dreams. Um, I still have the reoccurring nightmares from time to time. I'm on medications and stuff like that. Sometimes they seem like they help, sometimes they don't. There was such a thing before the war on terror called the healthy soldier effect. You were more likely to come out of service healthier than your civilian counterpart. That is no longer true anymore. Dylan Tett is an Army veteran who served in Iraq. He says when he tried to make that shift from soldier to civilian, it was painful. But it also led him to a purpose. I had everything that you could look for on a resume to be successful. I had had a West Point diploma. I had a ranger tab, you know, I had all this incredible experience. And yet, and yet, when I I redeployed from Iraq and moved to New Orleans, I felt completely isolated and alone. And it's that sense of isolation that permeates our ranks, and it's what I believe is, you know, fueling uh, uh, an, an epidemic of suicides. According to clinical research and studies by the VA and the Department of Defense, veterans are at a 57% higher risk for suicide than people who did not serve in the military. In 2020, 6,146 veterans died from suicide. It was the 20th consecutive year that veteran suicides surpassed 6,000. I I struggled uh, with ideation myself. And to the point where, luckily, I... I was driving to work and the VA hospital was on the way. I pulled over and I, I finally admitted to the doctor that I wanted to end my life. 
And that began, that was the beginning of a 10-year journey to return home completely. Through that personal journey in the early 2000s, it became clear to Dylan that other veterans returning from overseas, from training, or even their own domestic battles likely struggled as he did to carve out a new life. Dylan says there can be a myriad of factors that contribute to that, but it usually starts with soldiers, sailors, Marines, or airmen refusing to admit they need a hand. And it feeds into some of the barriers that we have as veterans to seeking help. You know, it's, we're not good at asking for help. For the past 10 years, Dylan has been offering help to fellow veterans. It took him five years to establish Bastion, a place Dylan calls an intentional community where wounded, sick, or injured veterans live side by side with retired military and civilian volunteers. Bastion and the nonprofit behind it began accepting veterans in 2017. It's located on five and a half acres in the Gentilly neighborhood of New Orleans. There are more than 50 apartment homes for veterans. There's a wellness center and staff that helps with anything from meal plans to connections for health care. But maybe one of the most vital resources at Bastion is the security of being with people who've worn the uniform and understand what that entails. Here's Jessica Edwards again. I found my way to Bastion through another female veteran friend of mine. And I kind of got here just in the nick of time. I spent a lot of time running and moving from one place to another place, just trying to find safety. So I never felt safe. Bastion pretty much changed that for me. Before Bastion, it was hard for Jessica to find people who could relate to her trauma. But that changed almost immediately when she found her new home. Well, there was one particular incident. It was the remnants of my old life that was still falling away. When I first got here, I was in a, an abusive relationship. And I had just moved into my apartment here, and I was trying to get him to leave, and he wouldn't. And I called for help, and the police didn't come. They didn't help me. And um, I reached out to a male neighbor, and he contacted Dylan, and they both came over and cleared my apartment and changed the locks for me. And that's when I realized that I was in a safe place. To reach that safe place, Jessica said she had to come to the realization that she was part of the military and needed support from its members. I avoided it for a really long time because I didn't actually feel like a veteran because I didn't get to go overseas. I didn't get to fight. I didn't get to do all of the things that veterans, you know, consider themselves veterans for doing. So I just avoided it. And I just tried to be there for other veterans and support them in ways that I could. I think this is the first year that I'm actually acknowledging the fact that I am a veteran, even if it doesn't look like it does for other veterans. And I'm just happy to be a part of this. How does that feel to kind of get to that point? Because I feel like maybe you, uh, and I might be overstepping my, my bounds here, it seems like you turned a corner and actually grasping and understanding that you are a veteran. It seems like a, a pretty big breakthrough. Yeah, it feels like stepping into your power and remembering who the fuck you are. Joe Hargrove spent years outside of New Orleans trying to find a community which could embrace him and his challenges with post-traumatic stress disorder. When you talk to people, a lot of times, I must just say civilians, about what, what you're going through. Oh man, you're crazy. You're shell-shocked. you so-and-so. No, I'm not crazy. I just want somebody to listen to me and can understand what I'm going through, you know, and 
since I've been here, we able to talk to each other and and everybody, you know, has some sense of understanding about what's going on. Much of the public's attention is often placed on troops when they're on active duty or in uniform. But at Bastion, they say it's usually after that time when veterans start to have trouble. Here's Jackson Smith, a Marine who will soon be leading Bastion. You take an 18 or a 19-year-old young American and you put them into this setting where they have this absolute sense of identity and belonging. They're put through severe life-changing training that integrates them into this thing that is all-encompassing, from the clothes you wear to the title by which you're referred, the experiences that you have, all of it. It gives you an identity and it gives you a sense of purpose. This organization is going to expect things from you and rely on you to do some really demanding things. But then you inevitably leave that organization. And for a large majority of our service members, that departure will be after a four-year initial enlistment. So now you're 22, or in my case, not much older, you know, 29. Now you go out into the world, and at that point, you are just a guy, just a young lady. And so the loss of that feeling of, of community and belonging is really acute, as is, especially if you're someone who went to combat, the feeling of, hey, is the most important thing I've ever done in my life behind me at 22 years old. You know, an experience in which people put medals on my chest and threw parades for me. And now I have a job. I'm a, I'm a welder. I'm an attorney. I'm an accountant, whatever the case may be. And I think there's a real sense of loss there for a lot of people. Like where does your life or how do you quote unquote top what you right, accomplished right. before? I, if nothing else, I think even in the best case scenario, there is a void. And how you manage to fill that void, I think, kind of dictates how successful you are in transitioning. And the, the ones who have the most difficulty, the times in which I had the most difficulty, were the times in which it felt like nothing that I'm doing now, nothing that I can imagine myself doing in my life moving forward, will ever compare to that. And so that was absolutely as much of a struggle for me as, as it had been among the, the Marines with whom I worked since coming home from combat. And, uh, and I'm so thankful for that experience. I'm so thankful that, that I struggled through that too, because now I'm in an environment where that shared, that is the thing that ties us together. And so what unites me with, with Jessica, with Joe, with, with any of our residents here, it's not that we did the same things in the military. It's that we both know what it feels like to carve out a new identity for ourselves and find a new way to feel belonging in the world around us. And I've been running for a while, you know, trying to find myself and who I really am in this, in this world. Ballard Ernest served with the Coast Guard from 1977 to 1981. He didn't go overseas or suffer any battle-related injuries. His life changed after he went blind. I lost my sight exactly 17 years ago. I guess it was an accident, freak accident with the VA, and I was losing it to glaucoma okay. from the beginning, first of all. And uh, I got an infection in right after Katrina, and I lost it totally. Ballard says adjusting to a life where he could no longer rely on his sight was something he wasn't prepared for. He found it hard to recognize the people around him. Ballard says eventually, the loss of his sight led to a loss of trust in others. He was alone and isolated. 
His life turned around more than five years ago when he left Alabama and came back to New Orleans, to Bastion. I had to come back and face what I was running from, which was I didn't trust my family. So I didn't trust nobody, really. So I had to come back and face that first. In order to be comfortable, I had to trust. And that's what I found here. You know, I found that here. I found I, I found I could let my guards down, trust the people that's around me. With his trust restored, Ballard gained more perspective. I didn't realize that some of, some of the worst problems wasn't mine. It was it was the other veterans, you know, and it, it made me stronger. Just like I guess I've inspired them to be stronger, and and to know that you can accomplish whatever you want to accomplish if you if you put your mind to it and with the right kind of backup and help, you you can do it. Dylan says in the past five years, Bastion has been home to more than 100 families. Within that time, he and researchers have been studying the progress of the veterans living there. For example, they examined how residents responded to adverse conditions. When the COVID pandemic hit, Dylan says the veterans at Bastion remained tight-knit when most of the world went into isolation. Resiliency scores at the end of 2020 peaked. We've been measuring resilience since 2017, and they fluctuated within the normal range, but at the height of the pandemic, the, the scores spiked. That's interesting because similar income earners, similar households who earn the same income across the United States, their resilience scores went down. And so what's going on here? Well, I attribute that to the community, the, the model for intentional neighboring. And we're buffering a lot of things like loneliness. And that's another, that's another result. Loneliness, since we've been measuring, has been trending down. At the same time, it is what, you know, blown up to epidemic proportions all over the world. Dylan believes what Bastion has provided for the military members in the New Orleans area can be replicated in other cities and states. He says Bastion was America's first intentionally designed neighborhood for returning warriors and their families living with traumatic injuries. They hope it's not the last because there are many more veterans in need of this kind of help. My heart breaks for them and I want them to have access to this and that's why I'm still a part of this and that's why I give whatever parts of myself that I can give to this because I believe in it and I want to fight for it. Because once, for once in my life I'm fighting for something that I actually believe in and not fighting just to fight, not swinging blindly, but I have a target and I'm working towards that with the rest of the people here. The mission to broaden Bastion's reach will be taken up by Jackson Smith. After spending a decade building Bastion from the ground up, Dylan Tett is taking some much-deserved personal time. Because Dylan had the foresight to document the operations at Bastion, Jackson says he's in a good position to introduce its blueprint to the rest of the U.S. Now that we have five years of data that shows our efficacy, that shows that, hey, this works, we have figured out how to do it, and we have figured out that it works. Now we can go to much larger national organizations and the state and federal governments and say, we know how to do this. What we need to do now is figure out how to take this solution and plug it in where you are to leverage your resources, your community network, your level of involvement in Topeka, Kansas or Sacramento, California, wherever it may be. If you take what what we're doing here in the community at Bastion, 
we are all we are people from all walks of life we have different values here some of us and yet and yet we are all learning to live together it's not it's not it's not disneyland <laughs> but neither is real life and so on a good day we come together very easily we also come together during those difficult challenges the same can't really be said for a deeply divided country if or when more Americans decide they want to find ways to support and work with each other, they may want to look at the example set by a community called Bastion. In New Orleans, I'm Tan Trung for WWL Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.